What's up, confidants? It's your girl, Teresa. Father Long Legs. Um, I got a couple announcements, um, and so this intro is going to be maybe five minutes long. Um, if you guys don't like the intro, you can skip ahead to the episode. I don't know, I just thought I'd do this disclaimer because sometimes the intros are short, sometimes they're long. This one will be on the long side. Consider yourself warned. Okay, here's some comedy announcements because would you believe it, I'm still doing comedy. Um, I'm actually going to be traveling. So sometimes sometimes you guys ask me if I'm going to travel and leave LA. Look, I'd love to leave LA every day, but uh, I can't. But I will be. I will be soon. I will be leaving LA in April to go on the road to do some stand-up, um, doing longer sets. I'm traveling um, first to the south, so I'll definitely be in Asheville, probably in Nashville. We're still figuring out exactly where. Um, I know April is like so far away for you guys, but the reason I'm telling you is um, before I announce exactly where I'll be, if you happen to be in the area and want me to come, let me know because I'm still setting those dates up. So that will help inform where I go. So definitely let me know. And if you're like, hey, Teresa, how do I let you know? Um, I don't have your phone number. Well, you can let me know by messaging me on Instagram or Twitter at Larissa T or emailing me at tellmeanythingpod at gmail.com. Or you can message the podcast, tell me anything pod. Look, there are so many avenues to get in touch with me. Honestly, it's so easy. Um, and you can also call. There's a phone. There's a phone number. And that phone number <laughs> is, oh my gosh, I just had it up and then it exited. My computer is the worst. Well, it's going to be in the metadata, so I'm not going to say it right now because I don't have it in front of me, but you guys can call the number. Um, you know how it works. It's in the metadata, but call that number and leave a message because it's a, it's a message line. I, I, I'm not going to pick it up, but you can leave a message. Sometimes you guys don't leave messages, but I see them as call. Sometimes it's spam. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to call you back. Just leave a message. Okay, cool. That's for that announcement. I don't know why it got so antagonistic, um, but I, I'm not mad. We're not in a fight. Are we in a fight? We're not in a fight. Speaking of fights, oh my gosh. Guys, I have got exciting news. The short film that I co-wrote with um, Christine Medrano, who's a former guest on this podcast, is coming out on a streaming platform called Gaga Ulala. I know this is like so niche, but if you happen to live in Taiwan, that's where you can find it. I do believe it caters to other Asian countries as well, but it is based in Taiwan. It's called Gaga Ulala, which is slang for gay and lesbian. And also kind of sounds like Lady Gaga, who is also a gay icon. Um, but it will be coming out on January 22nd. Of, that's very soon. I think that's today when this episode drops. So um, you can get that short on the platform. Um, it's it's a cool platform. It, it's a LGBT content themed platform, streaming platform in Taiwan. And they um, have great stuff up there. And it spans international. So the short films, features, TV shows. It's, it's really wonderful. I think it's really cool um, to cater to the Taiwanese queer community, um, which is ever-growing. And I don't know. I just think it's nice because I'm Taiwanese. It's it's so niche. Maybe none of you live in Taiwan that listen to this. But if you do, check it out. Okay. Very cool. Um, I swear to God, I thought someone sent me a confession and I wrote read confession, but I can't for the life of me find it. I looked at my email, I looked at my Instagram, I looked at my Twitter, and 
so far, everything that I found, I've already read. So if you sent a confession and I somehow didn't read it and you wanted me to, send it again. I'm so sorry. But I am going to read um, this review. Oh my god, it's a new review and it's like the nicest thing anyone's ever said about me. And I know it's very awkward to read a nice review, but hey, I it made me smile. So um, I'm just going to read it because it made me smile and hopefully it'll make you guys smile and if you guys want to make me smile you can leave a review um you know be truthful i can take it but this one was really nice okay this is five stars by Pulse law um said since i saw her tripping on youtube i knew i found a twin soul i didn't even know she worked on gmm but i've loved that show for a while and now i know why i mean come on guys she has the least clickability podcast titles and says things like feel free to double message me i guess i do say that do i say that i don't know feel free to double message me um it goes on okay i need a hundred more teresas in my life she fills me with the kind of energy you get when someone you love so much is sleeping peacefully beside you and you just want to wake them up and scream it into their face but you can't so you just melt internally thanks teresa all the best wow this is so nice um I don't know. I feel like I want to send you a thank you card for writing this. Um, no, but seriously, that's it, it's very nice and thoughtful. Um, and yes, wow, I guess you have my number, Pulse Law, because I am tripping on YouTube and that video does have 7 million views and I don't know why. I really don't know why. Um, so yeah, if you found this podcast from the mushroom video, by the way, let me know because that, mu- that mushroom video is like three years old and I still hear about it pretty regularly um that's just the way the youtube algorithm works okay final announcement and then i swear we'll get to the episode um just want to remind you guys uh the super confidant newsletter is alive and strong um the next one will be coming out after february 5th so remember the fifth of the month if you send five dollars or more to paypal.me slash you can tell me anything you'll get on the list for that month um what do you get on the newsletter, you ask? Well, um, I send an email to everybody, um, but it's like a written out newsletter. I tell stories from the month. Um, I send some photos. I send video, a video. Um, I know you guys don't want to watch a million videos, um, but I send a video. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just like exclusive content and it's personal and I get more into my life because sometimes on this podcast... It's a little bit more about the guest. Um, So in the newsletter, I get more into what's going on with me. So if you like that, then get on the newsletter. Or if you just want to support, get on the newsletter. And if you're on the newsletter and there's other stuff you want me to send, let me know. I'm very open. One time I streamed myself eating the new Cosmic Crisp Apple on Instagram. Um, And that was just for all of my followers, not for the newsletter. But because I don't think you guys wanted that but if that's something you want let me know i'm very up for anything cool except for showing my boobs which someone asked me once um there's a time and place for that but the confession podcast is not that place okay well that's been my announcements um i'm very excited for this episode i got to sit down with one of my good friends and actually first friends i ever met in la uh, neil gauche um we had a really lovely conversation i feel like you guys are going to enjoy it and we talked about a lot of things um that i feel like we connected on about growing up with immigrant parents and sort of wanting to achieve a lot and pursuing comedy and different forms of art and you get it you'll hear it 
Let me know what you think. Um, all right, enjoy. This is Neil Ghosh. You can tell her, you can tell her anything. She's a real good listener. You can tell her anything. <clears throat> um, hi, guys. It's Teresa, <laughs> your girl, Father Longlegs. That's what I'm going to call myself now because um, nobody has given me a nickname. And I've just all my life wanted a nickname so bad. So I gave myself one, and I know that's a faux pas, but I don't give a fuck. It's 2020. I'm very excited for my <laughs> guest today. He was one of the first people I met in L.A. when I first moved here. We met at a oh. poetry, kind of. I, It's so many things that I can't describe, but I'll for now I'll just say it was an Asian-American artist collective of mostly poets. Um, he has a show called Night Voyage. What's up, Neil Ghosh? Hey, Teresa. How's, How's it going? It's I'm good to be here. I'm pretty good. I just saw you last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are again. Did your show at the public house? Yeah, it was totally filled to the brim, packed. A <laughs> hundred people there. Um, it was good. It was small but mighty. Mm -hmm. that's, um, that's what we'll say. Oh, I so I I don't do this all the time for a guest, but I did it once and I really liked it where I pulled a tweet because it's oh I, you're a funny comedian and a lot of people will know you who are listening to this i guess because hopefully you'll share it but also <laughs> i found the tweet and that i like that you wrote oh, so good. i'm gonna share That's it good. i That's always wonder little, i just yeah. wonder if any of these are, are shareable this is your pin tweet okay i feel like as a poc particularly in entertainment there's a pressure of being interesting and exotic but i'm from iowa so hopefully you find eating gushers after a youth soccer game exotic yeah was <laughs> bars very funny that's bars. Uh, bars oh yeah it's also written kind of like a poem i love yeah. it i love it Small it kind of captures um your a little bit of your background a little bit of an opinion yeah. a little a little zing at the industry um but also like very wholesome you know very oh thank <laughs> you yeah i do i do feel that uh pressure diversity is in an interesting place yeah. right now where it like really behooves you to have like a really interesting like origin story <laughs> you know like producers and stuff or was like oh uh -huh. my god look at this like but you're kind of right it's this weird thing where we're still limited to a, a pocket of diversity right because well like um when snl hired shane gillis like yeah. obviously they were trying to speak to an audience but if they say like we want uh, you know, a, a soccer player from Iowa, like in their minds, they're probably thinking closer to Shane Gillis than you. Right. So th then again, like you're not really, you don't really want diversity when you already have an image of someone. You just want, Ooh, right? I don't right. know. Because if someone says, because we need people from Iowa, we need people from California, we need people from everywhere. Absolutely. But if they said we want someone from Iowa and you go in for that casting, I feel like where we are now as Hollywood they're going to be like, that's not what we meant. But w I would love <laughs> to get to a place where it is what they meant because right. they want that uh, background. They want that point of view and you have it because that's where you're from. Yeah, it's, so. it's super important. <laughs> I think it's like, you know, Hollywood, you know, for all the weird incongruencies it possesses, Hollywood does have this great tendency to like give invisible voices a chance. <laughs> and Truly. I think like the the kind of... I don't know. I think the diversity race particularly thing is like America is so diverse. Yeah. It's crazy. Granted, like a majority of white people are still in this country, but you do have stories of an Indian family in the middle of Iowa or like mm -hmm. uh, Andrew Lopez, who's a good friend yeah, of both of ours. He's from Pella, Iowa, like his Filipino <laughs> upbringing in a place like that. And like, that's all really fascinating stuff. And I think that what's troubling about it, and this is like heady stuff, <laughs> but like when... 
when like you know we start trying to check boxes of uh-huh. diversity rather than like trying to tell interesting stories yes there you go the stories the stories still got you still gotta have character you, you still gotta have, have something that's like intriguing and exciting and something that's human yeah because you know? um and it is subjective because is that what i'm the word i'm looking for i don't know if that's correct uh-huh. but i guess well you guys can decide but like i grew up in the bay area and there's yeah. so many so many asian people like me who grew up in the bay area obviously in the grand scheme of things in hollywood we're underrepresented but in the bay area i until i heard the the buzzword diversity the way like universities in hollywood uses it yeah i would not have considered myself diverse in the bay area because I, i'm wow. kind of a majority there right yeah, like just yeah, like yeah. um like valuing academics like sort of suburban like all of those things that the bay area values like i grew up mainstream yeah so i would not have considered myself diverse but i think um hollywood obviously doesn't show that so much so in hollywood i might quote unquote be diverse but that's why i hate that word because they don't really mean diversity right they just mean like the brochure version yeah because a diversity of voices would include an indian family from iowa yes would include a white person on a all asian dance team in the bay area like that (laughs) is a diverse point of view like not everyone has that experience that's real so anyways no that's that's my little oh man (laughs) i love that i love that it's absolutely (sighs) true but hire me still no (laughs) hire both of us please please i need some sort of job to Um, do something but (laughs) Man, I, I'm telling you, I, I think it's gonna. I think people are getting more. I don't. I don't know why, but people are getting just more, kind of calling out the bullshit. And I mm. think the industry will change. Yeah, it always does. It's fluid. Things are always changing, um, and it's up to people like create stuff like you making your mm. movie and like us doing stand up. Like that's how these new stories and ideas get put into the ecosystem is by us just doing our shit you know yeah yeah keep telling the stories um well uh with that being said i like to sort of start on a positive note Mm -hmm. by asking my guests for a good confession just like a humble brag or something you're proud of is there something good you want to confess um man it's gonna feel kind (laughs) of no no there's nothing corny about it it's (laughs) it's your chance i'm giving you a chance to brag okay okay um this is a very like i think intrinsic thing about probably kids that uh-huh. are have foreign parents okay i hate talking about myself uh-huh. so <laughs> just know i'm wildly uncomfortable you're listening me too as i host a podcast uh <laughs> no definitely talking? have i definitely got over that a long time ago <laughs> i don't know if it's a good thing oh uh, now you're just like let's record baby uh okay yeah, here's yeah. my here's my thing yeah i'm definitely i went too far the other way <laughs> i like attention i love it she, uh Teresa just sipped a perrier by the oh. way <laughs> just for a visual with my punchline yeah. <laughs> um i did okay so i did this little comedian badge for myself i did okay. get booked at the <gasps> comedy store yes for the first time ever oh my god um That's last huge. sunday Okay. This was just past Sunday, man. And I had a really good set. That's amazing. And I had to go last, too. And mm-hmm. I was nervous because I didn't know I was going last until like two before. What was the show? It was the C-Word show okay. hosted by Jody Miller and Suna, um, whose last name I'm forgetting. But yeah, it was cool. I was booked on it by Evangeline Monroe, who we know through uh-huh. the Asian uh, diaspora here in LA. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was just like... It was one of those things where I know I I have the emails of producers that I mm-hmm. could have asked to like, hey, can I do your show in the belly room or like uh-huh. whatever? But I just never 
wanted to for some weird reason because you want you yeah i get it you want to be asked you you don't yeah yeah. and i don't know if it's an ego thing or like a humble thing or you want to feel like that was the time there's nothing wrong with asking either but i totally know what you mean because there's certain shows i have in my mind like that too i'm like i want to feel like i naturally came to this part of my life yeah yes and and just the idea of like because i I have uh, a lot of friends that like will do the big shows and it's kind of like you know the way they got on was by you know going and asking networking and like and i've just always been as far as stand-up goes like i've always had this perspective that comes from a music background which ties mm-hmm. into my confession okay yeah. um of just like it took me 10 years to like really figure out how to play an instrument like start playing uh-huh. music charlie parker has this great quote it's like don't let the saxophone or don't play the saxophone let the saxophone play mm-hmm. you so it takes like time and so as far as mm-hmm. stand-up goes i've been doing it for four years so i really just wanted to like train as much as i could before i got that shot yeah and like when the opportunity came i was like i know i got a killer like seven minutes that i'm really proud of and i went up and i did that shit and it just was like bam you know what i mean like it's so great it was a nice it's just a really nice evening that's really cool i mean i i like yeah because i knew you had just started when we met that's yeah. amazing like you're doing so much i mean it is really it is one of those things where it's like i think uh we always want to be further than we are and that's good because that's like the ambition but like yeah i think you're doing so great and it's yeah. so cool and you're like very much have a good attitude about it whereas i feel like a lot of it's hard to in comedy like have that sort of positive really interesting life in general yeah. um but that's like thank you by the way um <laughs> but like i when, i think when that desire to like am i doing enough that question mm-hmm. is okay i think that's a motivating question but when you have the question of like um i'm not doing enough mm, yeah like that slight little difference like yeah. one the question i guess motivates you but the statement is like can be really debilitating oh i love that i've never thought about it that way because i think one is um one has an action like and it's positive Ooh, right yeah, yeah. and the other one you're just like well, this is how it is, which right. is not true. I mean, most of the time, like as someone who's going out for like a hundred auditions and gets two, right. they're doing good if they get two, right? Because really if you good. book two big roles and re- I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm like, I'm kind of like, this is very general. Like obviously depending on wh- where you are in your career, sure. it could be very different. But I'm just speaking as like someone who's never done stand up, who looks at someone further in might be like, I can't wait till I'm going out on auditions because i'm not getting asked to and then you start going and then you start getting frustrated that you're not booking and you book your first time and you're excited but if you're at a place where you're like constantly going Mm -hmm. you're gonna feel like you are getting rejected yeah because if you're doing well you're getting called out a lot right nobody can book everything they even if you were in demand like even like j-lo is just gonna have to say no to things right it's just she's maybe not just she's just not going to the things she's not technically booking all of those auditions so i think it is shifting that perspective yeah because there's no way you can ever be doing everything you want no no and i think like you know also not measuring your success by like and like endpoints or like uh rungs in the ladder but like measuring in between one rung to another yeah and valuing that you know they say like value the journey or whatever and it's totally. like i think that's really important like what's your mindset getting from from one to the next and mm-hmm. like that really you know because if you're constantly like forcing and like 
pushing and pulling, like, like trying mm-hmm. to make things happen. Like that's that's how you forge your path. Yeah. Like it's just naturally not like I don't know as like fluid, I suppose, and I think fluidity is really necessary. Yeah, I, I like know, that. Well, I've been reading. I've been reading uh, Phil Jackson's book Eleven Rings. Oh, okay. And he talks about like Zen <laughs> Zen mindset and like all this stuff and it was really it's really hit me hard well yeah like in sports i mean not to be like comedy is like sports because it's no so much more disciplined it's so much like it though but it is right anything that you care about that takes skill but also luck but also so much discipline right it's all like a lot of um kind of discipline from within right only you really know how much of yourself you're giving because at any given moment especially when you start you know, if you're an athlete who's like in the top tier, like you're already top tier. So right, right. only you really know if you're actually doing your best at that point, yeah. because I don't know, you're already doing crazy stuff. Most people can't do. So I think it's similar in that sense in that, like you have to also focus on like the game. That's the thing. Yeah. Like you can f- have all these things you want, like goals, like, Oh, I want to like win a championship ring or I want to get this showcase. But don't forget, like I also want to do stand up. Like yeah. what is doing, just doing standup, not getting the showcase. Like, right. so then you have to be like, all right, well, what are the jokes I want to do? Like you're actually focusing on the craft. And I think yeah. that's and the fun part. I, that should be the fun part. <laughs> and I think a lot, I mean, I don't know if it's more prevalent. You spent time in New York. So like, uh-huh. I've always had this weird idea that it's more prevalent here. Like mm. the mindset of like, not necessarily enjoying the craft. Oh yeah. And more just like, I want to do it to get to another thing to maybe, you know, get me to the next thing yeah because i feel like new york is more like i i don't know <laughs> it's just more like merit like based i don't know if that's I, the way to put it but i i would hardly say i'm the um ambassador for new york because i feel like i spent a lot of time there but i didn't do stand-up as long there but there is a i know what uh, you mean there's a mentality yeah. there doing stand-up at least early on i think there's still plenty of bitter people like you know, four to seven years in who are just as angry there. Right. But I would say starting out in the first like three years, if you started in New York, I started in New York. So mm-hmm. I, I had the like, I guess I would call it, Yeah. The privilege of being exposed to really happy, good people who are f- much further along. That's everything. But also yeah. not feeling like I needed to catch up to them because they're so far along that to me, I was inspired. I let myself be inspired by them instead of feeling like I need to get where they are now. Yeah. So I got excited about stand up because I got to watch them do it. And then at the same time, I got to just um, get up as much as I want, like mics and stuff and let right. myself be bad because I didn't, I knew that I, there's no way I'm going to be like Mike Lawrence on day one. So right. I get to watch him at a mic and then I get right. to go up and, you know, feel myself get better. Doing right. Stand-up. It's so silly and arbitrary. <laughs> I, it is kind of like a, I deserve, I deserve <laughs> more than I have mentality out here. And it's like, what do you, I don't know. Like, what do you really do? Yeah. To, that has, it's to so acquire irrelevant. resources. Like, I, I feel like New York is more like a jungle in the sense that like you, you eat what you kill <laughs> whereas here is like people are like w- around this beautiful pond and it's I like, like oh i hope a fish is comes also up a stand-up me. pun uh <laughs> oh yeah um, oh nice yeah and here it's just like uh, oh i hope like i deserve i have the nicest like i don't know i'm trying to force this analogy well the other thing is people just don't care in new york like that's the other thing people just don't care about you like you're not gonna <laughs> get that much it may have i'll say i may have changed now but like Cause now I do think there's more industry there. There was 
the industry, the quote unquote industry in all caps in New York is not entertainment. Yeah. Whereas it is here in LA. Like right. finance is big there. The UN is big there. Fashion is there. There's yeah, just, bread. it's just not, yeah, bread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pastries. Sauce, I mean, the, yeah. even the restaurant industry is thriving in New York more than it is here. Um, I mean, per se is not in LA, you know what I mean? Right. But, uh, yeah, so I just don't think people ca- like you can just get on stage and not be like, oh no, the booker of blah 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 is here. You're just like, yes. I'm doing stand up to a drunk tourist and like <laughs> a finance bro. Like, I don't yeah. give a shit. I'm never going to see these people again. They're probably going to leave New York tomorrow because everybody moves out of New York. Yeah. You just don't care. <laughs> yeah, that's that's got to be freeing in a sense creatively, right? Yeah, I think I cared more about like which. Uh, of my exes were in the audience <laughs> than industry. I don't know if that's a good thing. I've definitely had to reshift my... Did you ha- Have you had an ex see a set? Like... Oh, yeah, but... I mean, yes. But that's because I've dated comedians. Oh, okay. Not, okay. Like, not like they... But no one, like, didn't, like, up. stumble in the door and I was like, oh, no, not like that. <laughs> Did you... Do you have jokes about them in your set? Uh, about like i don't really like to do like mean jokes i know i've seen that happen when people are going through a breakup yeah. and they do stuff. but i i don't i do jokes about my life so i have had jokes about relationships in front of the people they're about but i'll say this i feel like this is a i don't do this so much now because mm-hmm. i do feel like it does hurt people's feelings but when i started out i didn't think it did because i saw it happening and i was learning from what people did and i was right. like oh so cool i thought it was so cool watching these like people who like couples who i admired even as they're getting going through breakups still be funny on stage about each other and i thought now i'm like i think that's kind of toxic yeah absolutely but i thought whoa look at that edge they don't give a fuck and i was like <laughs> i want that like hardness so i yeah. did it too not like, I just thought that was what people did. I mean, to be fair, like, I was dating a guy who also did jokes about me. And I I was like, okay. Like, I this is do- typical. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I, like, went along with it and I did the same thing. And it wasn't until, like, years later that um, uh, I heard through the grapevine that I was like, oh, no, that hurt his feelings (laughs) and i was like oh no i would never have wanted that i thought we were doing the thing that everyone does so fast i was also 22 or whatever so yeah 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 whatever yeah i mean you know very different now i'm like i would never go on stage and like say anything that would purposefully hurt someone's yeah wow Uh, now there's like a trend of like couple like comedian couples getting married i've noticed a trend (laughs) yeah just like in whatever timeline that i've constructed for myself oh god (laughs) right uh you know this is always getting married but people are having kids now this is weird thing people keep dying um (laughs) i'm 90 years old wow what a trend (laughs) um dude but uh neil do you like go to therapy because this podcast sort of loosely inspired by like therapy or like mental health and yes what's your relationship with that so i've seen two therapists okay i the first one i saw um lived right down the street from me which was great Convenient. that's always been my biggest thing with therapy is like can i get there <laughs> in 15 minutes or less sure. um because you're driving for auditions for mics all the time mm-hmm. it's like Brag, time. okay no. I, uh yeah for uh non-union nabisco <laughs> commercials um, no, you had that commercial with Drake. That was pretty cool. That was tight. That was tight. Shout out to Drake. No one believed I met Drake that day, which was sad. I should have gotten a picture. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> so she was cool. She was very like, she was a nice younger, like, let's say middle-aged white woman. 
Okay. She like did yoga and that was kind of her thing. I was like, okay, I'll connect on like uh-huh. that kind of frequency. How do you know she did yoga? She like brought it up. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, hilarious. I was staring at her ass. <laughs> That's a yoga ass. What if what if she <laughs> what if she didn't tell any client? But she saw an Indian walk in. She's like, I gotta let him know. Uh, oh my god. Let him know. <laughs> oh, I, no. uh, I believe in karma. Like, the first thing uh, she said to me, I do yoga. Yeah. <laughs> so I understand your struggle. <laughs> no. Oh, dude, I I love. I mean, this is a bigger issue, I guess, of like mindfulness getting capitalized uh-huh. this whole movement and like white women are definitely like taking the torch on all this stuff and it's dope i just a lot of it's <laughs> getting lost you know you were right and i'm gonna like call myself out on that because until you said that i was thinking yoga is for white women and like i know like <laughs> yeah. when you said it i was Damn. like yeah i know obviously oh, yeah. man. it's not like i forgot but it's just like that's what i that's literally what appropriation is what it's like yeah. now has been taken over right right and that is really crazy. But the other thing is I, this is where I get like, I don't know what the answer is. Cause I'm generally on the side of like, Oh, fuck that. It's so annoying. Yes. But also probably would never have heard about yoga if it wasn't for white people. I know that's the thing. It. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't they know. They made it really <laughs> popular. Yeah. And I guess what, I don't know. I, I think cause, cause the spirituality aspect of it is gone. And mm. I think it's so powerful of a practice when you have that added like spiritual mm. focus and that's all gone. It's like yes. workout classes. Let's do a 60 minute hit yoga class. Damn. You know what I mean? And it's that's like, so real, yeah, man. you're getting like the movement, the stress, but there's this whole other level to it. That's like so fucking deep. It's like in, prayer. Yeah. Or just or like, meditative? yeah. Understanding that when you're doing yoga and the flow sequence, it's like mm. you are connected with the earth and the universe and like mm. understanding that your breath is the same energy that makes up a higher being like all this stuff to me is like so powerful and important yeah and then like you know what i mean it's like some and girl named Lulu rachel yeah in <laughs> and it's like dope yeah y'all like yoga but like i don't have you ever had an indian yoga teacher no i don't really do yoga oh, but okay. I, maybe you. i would have done it more if i knew all the spirituality yeah I, and yeah. to be fair to be fair, Indians let it go. We're not like, you know what I mean? After that Bikram guy, we were all just like, oh, yeah, right. the same, the same for us. Yeah. I mean, I, my associate yoga with, cause I, you know, I started, I went to school in New York and people went to yoga to the people. That's what I associate with. It was like this trendy thing that students did at NYU and yeah. cause it's pay what you want. But it was a very like trendy art student. Like I do yoga and like right. I went a few times cause I wanted to try it and it, right. it was, I didn't like connect. So then I, didn't go back but yeah which is fair i mean honestly the way i was taught was like in a spiritual way so maybe i have this weird no but i think you're right and i think that is um that's why we need more voices because i think that's so interesting i think now is the time when people want to hear that but um i don't think everyone has taken the time to be like that thoughtful to think about it yeah to be that mindful even though they're saying they are there we go man i mean like (laughs) the crazy the meditation apps and everything it's like uh-huh. it's just isn't it makes no sense to me how you ha- this thing that literally is your <laughs> distraction using oh my god it is what it is allowing you to meditate and be mindful it's like <gasps> there's no way that makes sense You're supposed to be in tune with the actual earth not like <laughs> you know some like british lady's voice like that's telling you to so breathe funny. you know what i mean that's uh, true oh my yeah. god it's literally we're trying to get off our phones and then it's like mm, look over here at your phone <laughs> get off your phone what the fuck 
I've been oh doing, I've been leaving my phone more at home. It's reckless. I know. Ooh. I do it more when I like go for short errands, like the grocery store, when I walk my dog. I, I love it. I leave it in my car or something if yes, I have to run an errand. I love it. Oh, yeah. You need that. You need that detachment yeah. for sure. But anyway, so therapy, I was asked, I asked her after like six sessions, like if she had any diagnosis for me. <laughs> Because I was like, okay, so like, what are we going to work on? And I really thought I had uh-huh. poured everything out. And she goes, <laughs> she goes, you know what? I honestly don't know if you need therapy. What? Yeah. She goes, you're like, you're high functioning enough. Like, I don't know if you need this. Is she a psychiatrist? Because I feel like therapists aren't like, because psychiatrists try to diagnose and like get mm. you on a treatment. But therapists, I feel like can be very preventative. I don't know. She, she was just like, you're done. You graduated. Well, she wasn't like, you're done. She was like, I don't know if you need this. Which mm. to me was like, you don't need this. Like, yeah, don't. But that's a strange thing to say. I feel like everyone can benefit from therapy. Especially if you want it. That was the thing. It's is different I re- thing if you're like, I'm, I don't really feel like this is for me. And she's like, well, you seem okay. Right. But if you're like, hey, I'm here to like learn more and like talk. And she's that's like, what I, I think you're good. So <laughs> <laughs> like, you good, man. Just go get on out of here. <sighs> you're looking fresh. <laughs> it's like I needed the tools to be able to handle like anxiety and stress. Well, and what depression. made you want to go? What What did you feel like you... D- like what was driving you to go in the first place? Um, I think just like being able to discuss my anxiety with somebody that didn't personally care about me mm. because I'm so lucky to have people like this in my life. But like uh-huh. anytime I would talk about anxieties, whatever, big or small, there would always be like a thing like, you know, I'm worried for you. Like <laughs> they I get hope, the face. Or yeah. Like, Is, are you okay? And it's like, yeah, I'm fine. Okay. These are thoughts. <laughs> It'll be okay. But like, what does this mean about who I am? Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's what I really felt like I needed with therapy. And so I stopped seeing that woman. And then two, three weeks ago, I just had my third session today. I started Ooh. seeing another therapist okay. and she's dope. That's awesome. She's like real cool. I gave her like, we just do stuff like, um, you know, it's really interesting. She like doesn't say anything when I come in. She'll go hi, <laughs> and then she'll just kind of watch me sit down. And then I'm like, mm. you know, it's like going up trying to start a good set. <laughs> you know what I mean, like, ah, so like move the mic. What's going on? <laughs> move the mic stand. <laughs> just a bookshelf. You move uh-huh. to the corner. Um, and then I ask her, you think so? Where are you from? She's like, you. This isn't crowd work. <laughs> um, and and uh, it's been it's been really good. Like, we'll today we did like. So last week we talked about things that I made a list of things that I was feeling accomplished about mm-hmm. in 2019. And I'd never written that stuff down. Oh, cool. And it was just cool to, I don't know. It's like I, all this was in my head, but to write it down was really important and like yeah. to talk about it. And then today we did like what we want to do, what I want to do 10 years from now and five years from now and like a year from now. That's awesome. All super basic shit. Yeah. Like, I don't know, but like, it's so so helpful truly i mean manifesting just putting that on the world because it's sort of like why don't you say it right but sometimes Mm. i know for me like it's hard to say what you want because you're afraid you won't get it right right but then just acknowledging that you're like oh then i'm already stopping myself if i'm not saying it there's a part of me that's like blocking the want even though in my mind i'm like of course i want a million dollars or whatever it is (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. but if i don't won't say it out loud i'm not even admitting it to myself wow you're probably in other subtle ways not admitting it to the world right so how is the world going to give you that to you 
right? Like, right. I want to do late night, right? But a lot of people don't want to even say that. I mean, I'm not saying I want to do it tomorrow, but right. I want to do stand up on TV. And it sounds, some people are afraid, oh, it's going to sound braggadocio to no. say that. But if you don't say it, then you're kind of telling yourself like, I'm okay if I don't do it because I don't want to not, like you're almost like, so you're psyching yourself out. And so now losing, you're already yeah. presenting to the world as a person who doesn't want to do yes. late night. Yes. <laughs> well, and it's interesting going back to our earlier conversation about like, I want to do something versus like, I deserve something. Mm-hmm. Whereas like wanting is actionable. Mm-hmm. You know, you will, you can pursue a want, but thinking like I deserve to be on late night <laughs> is like, really toxic and unhealthy sure and i think i thought that saying you wanted something mm. meant that you were saying you deserved something oh which interesting. i don't think anyone deserves anything <laughs> <laughs> well it's entitlement i think is what you're talking about yeah there are a lot of entitled people in right. la and new york but and yeah, i think but i think having a want not, yeah having yeah. a want is more than okay um it's okay like yeah. i want to be happy i don't need to be happy every single second but totally i want it yeah and that's okay and i don't deserve it every second right you're right nobody deserves anything no we're blank slates exactly um but speaking of blank slates Ooh. neil is there anything you'd like to tell me um okay so my confession mm-hmm. well what i'd like to tell you Teresa Lee, okay is that <laughs> for a majority of my life i was a uber competitive uber band nerd oh um okay two ubers so you know it's real it's super yeah <laughs> two ubers um what did you play so do i know this i i know you played yeah but i'm like why do i want to say clarinet is this true no it's not true okay so <laughs> good guess it's in the saxophone it's in the woodwind yeah saxophone. that's right i did know this i have woodwind seen you play family. saxophone yeah and you mentioned it earlier at the uh yeah at the mic the artist convention mic uh, which we, we we've changed it every single time <laughs> it sounds like a cult is what it sounds like <laughs> yeah <laughs> a cult okay. oh yeah um <laughs> uh yeah so saxophone but i started i think the competitive part of it came from starting on violin when i was four years old okay. my parents wow. started me on violin. four years old four is, years old is, i'm like thinking of what a four-year-old looks like and i'm like can you pick up a violin aren't you as big as a violin yeah and you're like real wobbly do you have a smaller violin yeah it's like a really small violin oh that's so cute it's like i don't even think it's made out of wood because they're so small they're like little plastic ones (laughs) and like you have a small little uh bow and it's all plastic i think because it's like it's a four-year-old four-year-old like throw something against whatever so um yeah parents started me on that when i was young and i think like um i had teachers that really were driving like Mm. the need to be better and then like pressures from my parents to like be the best and then the the way we teach music in school Mm -hmm. is very like hierarchical it's like you're the first best yeah you're the second best (laughs) you're the 13th best you fucking loser go sit in the back no one cares (laughs) like it's it's like super i don't know it's really dark um yeah the whole idea of a first chair and second chair that's wild it's bananas it's so useless because <laughs> you need everybody working together to yeah. make the thing happen and imagine being like second chair must feel so bad because you're actually 
better than everyone else, but you have this one person that's better than you. That almost feels worse than Yo. being like fourth. Yeah, yeah. Fourth is like, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, middle of the road. Because you can challenge. A lot of um, schools let you challenge. They will challenge. So there's that feeling if you're second to be like, I should I challenge? Right. But so then if I don't, I'm in, then I'm okay with this? Yeah. Or, and yeah. also as a second chair, you're like sitting with your first chair. <laughs> like you're sharing a stand. Uh-huh. So it's like you challenge them and then they have to like turn the page for you. What if we start doing that like in stand-up my open mics? We have first year, second year. You should host a band-themed open mic <laughs> where you have the first year. And they get to go first, but you can challenge. No, this sounds right. like No, the audition, the audition so is your set. And then <laughs> <laughs> there's no concert at the end. You're just You plays. all do your jokes at the same time. <laughs> harmonize. Oh the, the, the only, like, I guess first year you get some, you get to some solos. And you get to tune the I band. See. But like, I just remember it just being, it just feeling very toxic. And I think. What, what, what made you feel? Cause I mean, I know what you mean overall, but just for people who didn't grow up in that culture, like sure. what made you feel like the, there was pressure from your parents to be the best? Like, can you quantify that a little bit? Ooh, that's like, really interesting. Did you feel, did they get mad when you didn't do well or like, how did it manifest? Yeah. So I think like, oh man. We might, we might get real deep on this. Um, I think like my parents, uh, my parents would always tell me like that I was really uh, like like talented, but I never uh-huh. worked hard enough. Hmm. So like when I would like get like a uh, third chair, uh-huh. which is incredible. Yeah. It would still be like, well, it's not first, which is also uh-huh. very like, I think immigrant <laughs> in the 80s mentality of like in order to leave a billion people to be like the one percent of a billion people that get to leave and come to america like you have to have some weird (laughs) cutthroatedness of like no i can't just be third best i have to be first best it's like a life or death almost thing and i think they were just trying to communicate that to me but like that's that can be damaging a little bit they were trying to instill their values but it's almost like um, paradoxical because if you leave your country where you don't necessarily align with that for America where anyone can succeed, but then you're there right. and then you're telling your kid, no, no, no. You're like instilling the old values in a new world yeah. that you actually want it. Like <laughs> <laughs> right. you, yeah, wanted you wanted to come to this place where it was chill yes. and now you're instilling the unchill, but now your kid is growing up in the chill world with unchill. Va- so then now right. it's, it's very confusing. And I mean, so in my brain, confusing. it's like, yeah, it's like, okay, I gotta be the best. Otherwise like I'm not satisfying my parents. Mm. And so that's always a, I, I don't know if, and that's the double-sided sword with all this stuff. Like I think it pushed me to be better, sure, but I also never enjoyed mm. any of it. You know what I mean? So like that's really a bummer because I think if to yeah. do music or any sort of art, you need to enjoy the thing first and foremost. Yeah, that is know? so tough because I mean, I know when that Amy Chua came out with that Tiger Mom, she mm. really like talked about this is why my kids are good. But mm. I think they're good because they wanted her to love them. Oh, You know what I mean? I don't yeah. know. I'm sure they've come to terms no, with whatever true. it is. And nobody's going to hate on being the best. But I... My question for them would be, if I ever had the chance to ask, is like, would if she hadn't acted that way, would they be just as happy? And I think so. Like, I think if they hadn't mm. had the value or they hadn't been taught that their value lies in being the best, right? they would have never felt they came up short. 
and they could have just enjoyed their lives yeah. and they sound like they're talented so they would have probably been fine we just figured it out <laughs> they would have probably still been pretty good <laughs> yeah i mean they're cut from like an amazing I know. cloth of it's a crazy. person i th- man that music thing the way you said that i never thought about it like that mm-hmm. how music in a lot of immigrant communities is used as a way to like um, a marker of success to yeah, achieve at least yeah. for students you know because yeah. they don't want you to actually pursue it because then that's like oh no you won't make money <laughs> they want you to do <laughs> yeah, it to get into true. college <laughs> that is kind of wild yes they put they say put all this time into going to piano go to violin and then the minute you get into harvard or whatever <laughs> yeah, if yeah. you're lucky then drop it yeah, yeah. become Be a, a doctor, doctor. Yeah. See, yeah how many doctors out there are like secretly <laughs> amazing <laughs> pianists yeah, they, a lot probably right, right. <laughs> they just go home and play beautiful sonatas so after hours of surgery just sobbing it's wishing crazy. that they could share their gift with the world and it's the thing where it was a love music yeah it should be it should be expression burden. of the of the soul and what did you like about it because i'm sure it wasn't all it's probably very complicated. I, I'm hearing that it's tied up into like this complicated relationship you had with you know yeah. yourself and your parents. But what? But did you enjoy band? Like, what did you like out of so, it? So, violin I like didn't like at all, mm. and so I chugged through that from <laughs> four to twelve. And then when I was going to middle school, you get the opportunity to like be in band. Mm-hmm. So then, then I was like, oh, I'm gonna play the saxophone because that's like mad rebellious yeah you know that's a I mean? cool <laughs> instrument yeah it's like jazz like whoa yeah my crush in high school josh taylor played the saxophone every <laughs> literally every girl i know had a crush in high school that was a saxophone oh player my God. we made out after prom <laughs> <laughs> did he play saxophone before yeah he plays saxophone <laughs> i made him bring his saxophone to prom no he, <laughs> just for the photos <laughs> uh Oh my gosh. The I think the that like was my kind of freedom within the thing. And so then when band started, I really liked learning a new instrument. Jazz is like the best American genre of music. Mm-hmm. I think like because of how improvisational it is and how you have to mm-hmm. communicate much like in sports, like you have to yeah. communicate instantaneously with the like, chemistry and cerebral like conversation. Yeah. You have to be so present. It's like super, super intriguing to me in that sense. Mm-hmm. And so just like learning all that. And, um, but like, I also have like, I, I love sports and everything. So I also had this weird, like, early 2000s NBA mentality of like, yo, I'm gonna be <laughs> the best. Uh-huh. like tracy mcgrady like i'm gonna be kobe <laughs> like give me the ball i'm gonna rip it you know what i mean like i was like i gotta be the best yada yada and so i was still like m- mad competitive in uh-huh. band but i loved i loved playing music um i loved uh you know the friends i made out of band That's really cool really a cool thing it I is feel a good like, community thing yeah because you really feel at least like because i was in a choir and it was an all Asian choir, but I did feel like that gave me the social skills mm-hmm. like th- to like separate from your parents. Yeah. And if actually have to, you go on the trips and then you get to have these inside jokes. And yeah. it's, yes, it's kind of tied into like slightly nerdy, you know, like being in band and still being a good student. <laughs> but at the same time, you're like, oh, I feel like there's a rebellion to it because you're like away from your parents traveling. And yeah. it gives you access to that because you play an instrument. Yeah, that's super real. I never thought about that, like the separation from the parents. But that was really important. Like when you go on like a 
even when you go to band camp yeah it's like a weekend <laughs> away from your parents mm-hmm. and you're like in these cabins and mm-hmm. it's like cool it's like free reign yeah kind of as a kid which i think is important can um, i tell you something please. um when i wanted to say that when you said you play violin but when i was a kid i really wanted to play violin so bad really? and i wasn't i had to play piano i was a piano kid i quit it as soon as i could but it was like it's just an instrument, but in the same way, like your violin was my piano. Like yeah. I hated it because it was the thing I had yes, to do. Yes. I wanted so bad to play violin really? and I begged. And I think at one point my mom was like, if you get to this age or whatever, hit like six years of piano or something, yeah. you can do it. I don't remember what became of that, but I never did. And then in middle school, I started playing clarinet. So hey. it was uh, weird. Uh, but then I didn't do it very long. I never got what into band the way you did. I think I think yeah. that choir became my band. Sure. Yeah, but, choir but was violin, mad. I, what was I it about st- violin that you... I, I think it's so beautiful. And yeah. I still... I think maybe it was just different as a kid. It's that rebellion. But I did right. think it was beautiful. And now, even now, I have this very emotional connection with violin. And I think it might go back to childhood, just feeling like this thing I couldn't do. Oh, I've yeah. always, um, when I hear violin, especially when it's used in uh, like non-classical music, I yeah. love like in like pop or you like, like fiddling? rap and hip hop. Huh? You like like the fiddle? Is that the fiddle? Yeah, like oh, fiddling. Maybe. You know what I mean? Like country fiddling. Oh, no. That's not what I mean. I mean, uh, I'll play you some stuff later. Like uh, Gracie and Rachel, if you guys want to check out. They're, they're like kind of like singer-songwriting, but one of them plays the violin. Oh, cool. But it just adds so much yeah. dynamic. I think it's maybe I connect to it in a different... Like, I feel like I'm realizing that it may, might be this emotional connection from childhood. Yeah. But it makes me cry, violin. I've always <laughs> really loved piano in that sense i've always loved piano in the sense of like it's like a nice like cocktail party like <laughs> thing you can do like well you can bring your violin with you and like play an epic sonata like if someone has a piano in their house you should be like oh huh, let me sit down and play like the break dancing really. of instruments yeah. <laughs> i'm at a party i'm just gonna bust out so it's on the a piano. circle gets around like oh shit yeah. he's gonna do it <laughs> go 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 <laughs> <laughs> um but saxophone is also yeah. not kind of communal in that sense but, but there's usually just the one or there's not that many in the band right there's i feel like there's like how, how many? many saxophone players are well in, in like your, a in jazz band. band but in your school band oh in our school band there was like say eight to twelve okay so there's quite a bit okay. yeah there was a, we had a we had a pretty big band our band program too was also like really well like really well regarded was the marching band our marching band our like wind symphony like more like oh, wow. orchestra symphony yeah symphony um the, we were you in marching band uh-huh okay okay so, so how many hours did you spend on band <sighs> it was like your whole life yeah the thing is i don't know what i was doing i did band <laughs> i still kept doing orchestra okay and then i also was doing jazz choir wow I don't know why like I don't know I just all those things really interest me and I loved yeah. doing all of them um but so I would do every other day I would do orchestra and band like because they met at the same time uh-huh. and then after school would be jazz band or choir and then Monday nights was marching band and then on weekends was like competitions mm. for mm-hmm. one of those things and so like all my time yeah <laughs> is what I could say I don't know if I could really quantify at least f- oh man 
and not to mention the time i would practice after Do you have, like band shirts like band or die or like <laughs> our saxophone <laughs> section for our marching band we had a shirt that said sax offenders oh, okay. which is yes. kind of dark classic um high school band i've got to get those sex puns in <laughs> yeah uh, uh santa's saxes was this like christmas group i was a part okay. of um but yeah there was no like band or die no, I don't know. I'm sure. I, I don't think that's a real thing, but you know what I mean. When yeah, you're like, this yeah. is my life. I definitely think I had like da- some sort of dance or die or something like that. Oh, dance definitely. The dance was crazy competitive. <laughs> did you have show choir in the Bay? We did have show choir. I was not in show choir. I was in a like a. In, I, the only way I can describe it, it's gonna sound insane, but I was in a. It wasn't at my school. I was in a choir, an all Asian choir started by music teachers from Taiwan that had. Not in the same choir, but like the organization had over 800 people in it. It was spread out all through the Bay Area. But there were like levels from like like kindergarten all the way up to like youth. And we like traveled. We went Mm. to the Vatican. It was like insane. It was like a whole life. You went to the Vatican? Yeah. It was like. Did you sing for the Pope? I don't think the Pope was there, but there were some cardinals there. You know, he was like upstairs. There were some cardinals. Yeah, he was just just like like in his little Pope pajamas and (laughs) <laughs> I was like, I hear call me. I, are those little Asians? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they sound, they sound like little Asians. <laughs> um, but I guess like not a. Pope's choir. got a great ear, by the way. He's but, got a really yeah. good ear. <laughs> it was the old Pope. It was pre-new Pope. <laughs> oh man, uh, that's really dope. What did you get? Where did you guys travel? I guess we did. Our orchestra played at Carnegie Hall, which was wild. That's so cool. But that was like. That trip was made, what made me hate New York. Oh, because why? our the first thing we did so we're staying like near Times Square, like cause we're okay. Tourists. I, now I know why you hate it. Yeah, yeah. And so we get out <laughs> and we're like crossing the street without looking at a car mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's New York and you can just cross the street. And I'm with my dad, mm-hmm. and I remember being like, "Oh, it's like Calcutta for my dad. Like he knows it'll be the city thing." And across the street, a guy is like in a car. And he go, the guy's just like, get the fuck out of the way, you you Bangladeshi bitch. Aww. <laughs> it's just so, I was fuck just like. Fuck that guy. This is so, I'm from Iowa, like never seen anything like this. It's such like, a New oh, York moment. This place is the most New York moment. And then just your like, dad pays him because he's like, I just want you to hate New York, never move here, stay in Iowa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this you is what's out in. there. <laughs> um, but. Damn, it was. Sorry, it was like aggression, racism, yeah, traffic. Sucks. It was very New York. Um, alliteration. Also <laughs> Bangladeshi bitch. Um, but yeah, that trip was... I mean, it was cool to play in Carnegie Hall. That was wild. It was very cool. We also played... Oh, this is now springing this memory. We also played... We did like a collab with a high school in Virginia. Okay. And like... <laughs> <laughs> a collab uh so we went to their high school in virginia beach and like played with them and i remember having this really odd experience of there's an after party at a kid's house uh-huh. uh his name was tyler something and we were in his garage and like it's a party and but like in his garage is this huge confederate flag oh my god like because it's virginia and i guess you know what i mean Damn. and i'd never seen a confederate flag before and i was like so like I remember asking him, I was like, is this cool that I'm here? Like, what does your flag mean? Oh. And he was like, oh, man, don't worry. It's not It's not about y'all. I was like, this is like oh. weird. I was like, okay. You know, I didn't want to yeah. press further about it. But that came from orchestra. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have had that experience. But also, what a, um, what a, like, a poignant memory because 
also I feel like as an I don't know if you would do that as an adult but as a kid <laughs> no just to be like is this but that is you're just cutting through the bullshit you did feel weird and you're like I'm gonna ask yeah because part of you was like uh, that's weird so I'm I feel weird that's more so just like yeah I was like f- afraid to yeah, but to ju- but also like there's a, a part of you that like obviously felt safe to ask this kid yeah this, maybe it was right? the orchestra the music we had yeah, made it brought you guys together you're like yeah. hey yeah. you want me to leave because <laughs> well, i think as an adult now i feel like if i saw that my what i've been taught is just be like i'm gonna leave i don't, don't want to fuck with this guy but and the internet has taught us that too it's like right block mute block. yes but then it is kind of maybe who knows maybe that kid thought about that later and was like oh did i Yo. Is this weird? Did it make him feel weird? Yeah, and he was like, it, if he didn't really ever think about it because he didn't have to. Because he had grown know? up in his own bubble. Of yeah, like, I don't know. Where the Who flag knows? was just normal. Let's Maybe his dad put up, up no. the flag. But it, I think that's so cool it. that you called it out and asked. Thanks, man. Yeah, <laughs> I'm <laughs> super brave. Um, I yeah, I just do remember feeling wild and uncomfortable, and but also not worrying that there would be any problem with it because the dude was cool. But that is so but interesting. Still, you're kind of like, hey, what, what's the deal, man? What does this mean yeah, to you? Yeah. And he's just like, well, it's okay. And you're like, mm, okay. okay. <laughs> All yeah. right. <laughs> if you say you're the expert, uh, I can't can't speak on it. Um, but yeah, that is really fascinating. Like I couldn't I couldn't cancel him or mute him <laughs> or anything. He was just there. Um, but yeah, back to the competitive part of this i yeah, guess i don't okay, know how do you so, how do you want to steer this no i want i mean i'm sure you have many um experiences but i guess if there's any that stand out to you or how you want to guide yeah. us through your journey oh man i mean did you want did you see yourself as playing saxophone forever or did you always think it was just a means to an end yeah so i think saxophone for me okay so i have one memory i want to share mm-hmm. and then i'll like hit the part about wanting to do this so whatever you thank you thank you um i remember with the competitive part of this so show choir band yeah was something that i was in and i remember show choir was already like uber competitive it's like if you don't know for some reason it's like (laughs) it's like 15 minutes fucking loser (laughs) get the fuck out of this podcast okay if you don't know what show choir is um (laughs) it's like 20 minute sets of like five musical numbers or songs where kids like sing and dance there's costume changes it's like Mm. very like it's like a medley weird variety show it's glee yes it is live (laughs) glee with a quarter of like the talent of the people that were on glee um not talent quality uh and so that was already really competitive and we were in the show choir band which like for some reason we took really seriously i think because like (laughs) the best the quote-unquote best players were yeah. like asked to be in the show choir band okay she was like yo we're like the, the shit like let's rock it you know what i mean did you dance while you played no thank god we didn't <laughs> have to dance we were like just behind the okay. stage so we never had to do anything like that so you weren't even on cam or you weren't even uh visible you could see it. so it was like risers okay and then the kids would dance on the risers so you're behind the risers we're behind the risers <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. it's so weird and we're playing like a little like, orchestra pit but it's still like you yeah but at stage. least yeah the pit is like it's like kind of nuanced it's kind of like oh <laughs> you know they're tucked away like focus on the stage but this is like yeah we're like there but don't pay attention <laughs> um <laughs> uh and we would play songs like i remember we did 
Killers Medley once. We did Jai Ho. Uh, (laughs) I was the only Indian person in the entire, like, (laughs) anything. But that doesn't matter. That's okay. Was that song racist? I don't think so. It was made by an Indian dude. It's fine. It's it's a, it's a... that song slash. I guess it's like was there was an Italian one. Da, bop, bop, bada, bop, bop, that one that was actually an Italian song, right? What? Be, do you know what that one? I have no idea. It's like called pop parlay Italiano or some Americano, and uh-huh. it's like in it's sort of butchered Italian, I think. Uh-huh. I, I don't know. Do you, Is it wait? So then the guy who wrote Jai Ho like no no I'm that? just saying I guess it's like that where if it's written by an Indian guy it, it it's uh became popular in yeah. mainstream culture but it's right. not like a white person was like i'm going to do an indian song <laughs> here's an indian song right it's not like aladdin it's like, no, like <laughs> it's, it's uh, not like when Katy perry dressed up as a geisha oh god kate you know what I mean, we should have known from the very f- day one when she did i kissed a girl which is what gave her a big break it was oh, queer baiting from day one whoa we, i've never heard that read on it these red flags well that's wild i mean i whatever much love to her we have the same birthday but like <laughs> Are we surprised? No, but when then she you appropriates? would. You would understand her more than anyone, really. Yeah, I just mean, are we surprised? Why are we surprised? Like that's from day one, she's been her. She's because been appropriating wow. and queerbaiting. Wow! Whoa! Because that when she came out was like the beginning of like the queer movement on like a federal level, right? Like laws got changed. Yeah, around like two thousand eight. Like, I kissed a girl. Two thousand seven or two thousand eight. That's really yeah. wild. And it was, I would say, a different time. But sure, for sure, that song was, I'm sure was popular a- with frat boys because it was for them it Yo. wasn't for queer women <laughs> yeah wow and she's always been like present she's always like presented as like a, a western song. idea of like attractiveness and beauty like, she's hot for men. i'm not hating on her i'm just saying she's what has she's been all her life <laughs> she didn't change <laughs> right that's we true changed. which we need to give her credit we changed uh, she's never changed stay true katie um so you were in the show choir yeah so okay. we're in the band and so there's this competition aspect where they give out these mm-hmm. accolades mm-hmm. and one of the accolades they give out is best band so there's a really big okay. competition and we thought we had a really great set yeah and we were there and we were cedar rapids washington high school okay and another the other cedar rapids high schools were there too cedar rapids kennedy and cedar rapids jefferson okay uh, and cedar rapids prairie were all there i'm telling you when i say like we thought we had a great set. Like we got off stage and we mm. were like dapping each other up, fucking chest bombs. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> no doubt. Like in uh, my buddy Jack's like, dude, I, I saw the scorecard. I like oh snuck a peek. My God. We got perfect marks, dude. Like, I don't know. Our director's like, man, you guys I are acting. Rush that like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yo, those white kids danced to that <laughs> shit. Um, and like, we're, we're hyping each other up and then we're all seated in this, like I'd say maybe 2,500 seat auditorium and uh they're doing the accolades and we're on the second balcony and i'm sitting there and my heart's racing i'm like oh this is this is it like this is gonna be where i feel like i can validate ourselves we can validate mm-hmm. it as a unit and like the guy goes up and he's like and the best band award goes to cedar rapids and i stand up and i go yeah oh. just echoes singularly throughout the oh auditorium God. and the guy goes kennedy oh my god like oh man it was so embarrassing i just i think i started laughing and then i sat back down but man that was that was harrowing that experience that's what i think that's when the competition aspect of it went too far (laughs) 
Oh man. Just like hyped up by like the Just so excited to win. I was. I wow. was. And then that's when you started comedy. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's when I had to change. Um, um but yeah, yeah, that that's that was a crazy <laughs> moment, I think the competitive aspect of it. And then So did Lu- when you guys like didn't like even if you had a cuz you had a good set. Right. And that was objectively true and you all agreed. That was the thing. Did it change your feeling about the set to not win? Yeah, that's really fascinating. I don't I don't think so. I think like we needed to uh maybe focus on that a little bit more afterwards. We mm-hmm. should have been like, "Hey, it's okay. We still had a really good set." blah 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 mm-hmm. but like no we were just like <laughs> we we're just like mad bitter uh-huh. <laughs> it's like a bring it on moment yeah it really <laughs> was like, like recount the scores again man like this is this is we got ripped off yada yada um but yeah we should have the healthy thing would have been to just be like hey guys it doesn't matter <laughs> these are the arts you should just do this because you love doing it and you had a really good set and i think that's all that matters no one was there to tell us that we were just like She's been like, you are never going to be like, even if you won in a band competition and you put this on your Tinder bio in 10 years, (laughs) it's not going to help you. Right. So you can't get a a job. (laughs) Not going to help you. Yeah. (laughs) First place, second place, band. No, 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 I know what you mean. I I think there's a healthy like, oh, I get I think we get so we're talking about like uh, self-care and all this Mm -hmm. mindfulness earlier, but there's like a fakeness to the LA version. And I think we've gone too far into like mindfulness where it's like just erasing feelings yeah i don't think you need to enjoy it's okay to be like losing sucks Mm -hmm. but then after that feeling goes away then you're like hey i had this great set and i liked it yeah because i don't think the solution is to erase it and be like no what we should have done is just like not cared at all exactly but i think that just means you cared yeah it's nice it's nice to care and it's okay to lose because there were stakes and then as long as you're not still thinking about two days from then and being like i hate band it only brings me pain like as long as you're not like that right. it's okay <laughs> yeah, that's what the new shirts say like i hate band it brings me pain well because i do think <laughs> some people approach um like the arts that way especially in comedy absolutely if, if you're failing 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 but in your mind you're getting better yeah. like you're failing in an industry sense you're right. you know getting rejected not getting the showcases and time goes by and if you are still getting better like that should be okay it's still gonna suck mm-hmm but for some people, I think they get caught up in like, I hate this whole thing. It only makes me yeah, feel sad. Yeah, yeah. And I think stand-up particularly, like there's also like a weird value we put in like struggling. Mm. And I think like, if that's your authentic experience and like you want to talk about it, yeah, great. But, and this kind of goes to the diversity thing a little bit that we were talking about earlier. It's like, you don't have to fabricate this like hatred for it because yeah. it's like a valued thing to just, just to like hate something, you know? Um I, I I think that in comedy it's I don't know it's a really prevalent thing where people will just like hate on it because <laughs> I, I don't know man anyway to to answer the second part of your question that was like ten minutes ago oh yeah um my senior of high school I decided I was gonna go to college to play saxophone <gasps> wow. up until then I was like I'm gonna be a doctor my dad's a doctor okay. I'm gonna like do it I had all the grades everything. Uh-huh. And then I just remember, I can't remember what clicked, but it was just like making music felt more, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was the rebellious thing again. It was like, I don't want to be a doctor anymore. Like I want to do something that's like my own thing or 
maybe I just gotten good enough. Yeah. I was like, I want to see how far I can take this thing. So I went to college um, with the full intention of like, I was a jazz studies major. I was like, I'm going to be a musician. Uh-huh. And then I had real ego death <laughs> when I like <laughs> was exposed to what it was actually necessary, like required to become a musician, like a working musician. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I was like, all right, <laughs> this is it for me. <laughs> I'm going to do comedy. Break my saxophone in two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I could never do that. <laughs> I, 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 so yeah, man, that's kind of it. And you know, uh, I actually finished college, like not as a music major, but, um, was taught by some really great teachers, um, in my second college that mm-hmm. I went to. And like, that's when I really felt like, after 10 years, I was, like, finally making music. Yeah. Back to the quote of, like, let the let the instrument play you. Yeah. And so I'm really, really grateful that I kind of came to that point. And, you know, I still play from time to time, but I just do it because I enjoy doing it. There's yeah. no, like, it's, it's a means of expression now as opposed mm-hmm. to this means of, like, how do I measure myself yeah. against other things? And, and you still played all those years i feel like that is the key is like talking about love of the game but we are forced to think like oh i have to make these milestones but and then Mm -hmm. you almost feel like if you don't ever get professional if you don't do this that right all of that's for nothing like it was building to nothing but it wasn't you you were getting better every year and all those minutes you played on stage were you playing like yeah and playing with those teachers you got those experiences yeah that itself is the gift i know this is so cheesy no that's good though but (laughs) because we were talking about that like (laughs) measuring the journey as opposed to like the milestones yeah i did get to play so many amazing shows and meet so many amazing people because of that yeah i love that oh man this really ended like really nicely how do you measure I don't know how much time we have left, but <laughs> I wanted to ask you, how do yeah. you measure like your stand up? Do you do that? Do you apply like metrics? Oh, to interesting. Yeah, stand-up? because we do have similar backgrounds in the sense of like being high uh, measuring achievements. Yeah. Um, you know, to me the arts have always been my escape from that. But I sh- I do have bits of it. I have things like you're talking about milestones, things mm-hmm. that I want yeah. to do. Yeah. Um, and I try to write them out as like goals. Um, but I try to stay away from measuring too much. Mm-hmm. So I, for example, instead of being like, I need to like beat these people or be number one, I just think like, oh, I'd like to write a one hour show. So I measure that the quantity is more like, okay, um, I'm going to now try to, you know, build time, the material. So then I guess there is a measuring involved, but it's a little more, um, uh, narrow. It's like building to this show versus building to, I used to be more when I was starting out a little bit more like I need to have check these boxes i need to have a show and an album and this and this. yeah and now i'm like well i don't need all that what do i want to do now so then i'll be like right a sh- i guess a show a one hour show is on the list of that original yeah, thing, but yeah. it's i don't i don't need that and this and that and that you know so right right that's helped me i mean it's like everybody's different but no i've tried to <laughs> i've tried to get away from that too um because <clears throat> i remember taking private lessons we would have a planner mm-hmm. and i was like what did you do this week xyz i did this many exercises i did these scales for this many amounts of time like it was very like uh logistics driven Mm -hmm. so with comedy i have tried to completely go away from that my two focuses are 
or what I try to keep my focus is obviously, or, you know, like the Seinfeld calendar method where mm, remind me basically if you have like a month calendar, you know, oh, it has okay. like all the boxes yeah. for one through 30 days. You just, all you have to do is make sure that there is no more than one box mm. um, at a time that isn't crossed off. And each cross off is like, did I write for oh, whatever gotcha. you set your metric to? Did I write five jokes? Did I write for uh, an hour? Did I write, you know what I mean? Like, did I get up tonight? Uh, These types of things. Um, and I've been doing that for like writing for an hour each day. Oh, that's great. And that's really been helpful. And How then, many boxes do you have? Right now, uh-huh. actually, in January, I've hit every single day. That's amazing. Yeah, New Year. I it's, I, I guess I never thought one. that of that as a metric, but I do have something like that that I started doing like two years ago, mm-hmm. where I have a list. <clears throat> I have a list of like about five things that I try to do at least two every day, and it includes. Oh, and some every year, like I'll kind of tweak it, but it's like write three new jokes, do a show, do a mic, watch something like like yeah. like a TV show or movie that I like. I'll learn something from mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, meet a friend because sometimes oh, I have to build nice. in social things that's nice. and yeah. then I think work out so then if I do two of those a day like if I work out and I go to a mic to me I feel like I did a bunch of stuff that's a great way to think about I'm gonna use yeah. that but it's uh, I this is where marketing comes in I do think strategy if stand-ups your business strategy is good so I think mm-hmm. it does help to be like every every product we're selling like all stand-ups are not equal right right right. like we're equal people but we're not the same product yeah so actually it helps you to uh, strategize like how can i create the best career for myself Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. i think it's helpful to sit down and be like what are my goals and what is the strategy to get to these goals like if your goal is to do one hour show do you want to start hanging out do you want to start watching shows do you want to start hanging out with people who've done shows and hear from their experiences there are like actual tangible steps you can take yeah to get closer to your goal that aren't um debilitating it's not like it's going to change you know if i'm going to do mics anyways why don't i go to a mic where i get more time and i can Mm. try to do new stuff every time or whatever i don't know yeah no i think that's really important to define those things for yourself Mm -hmm. also a really great i think it was like frank castillo or something he's just a comedy store comedian Mm -hmm. um it's really great thing it's just like just focus on the next joke Uh and like that i really love that because it's just really simple it's very like present driven it's kind of like just finish the bit that you're on don't worry about am i gonna do this (laughs) i'm gonna do that i'm gonna do that thing like just you know because at the end of the day that is what we're doing is like joke telling and performance and stand-up i mean and that office hours i think that's the thing you don't have to be thinking about that on stage but you can have office hours. Like if you're selling uh, McDonald's is selling their burger, like you don't want the cashier who's actually selling their burger to be like, did I make, is this right? Are pickles really the right thing? Should we change this? No, <laughs> but in the office, when you're developing the next thing, you can get more abstract. So I think it's okay to like have your crew, right? Your, your buddies that you trust and yeah. have those office hours, have a, chill coffee thing where you're like hey i i'm thinking of should i trash should i go on the road and you <coughs> talk those things out in, in a more abstract way to be like am i doing enough right and then to like finish office hours like right. leave that right. thought and and then just go do the thing the stand-up yeah 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 that's yeah. that's really good 
I have a little uh, game. Do you want to play? Yeah, okay. I do. Uh, I guess it's sort of related because we're talking about products. Um, I actually looked at your Twitter bio and it says Uh-oh. you're a Taco Bell fan. Yes. Are you actually Devout truly? Okay. Enthusiast. I mean, you're not alone. Many people love Taco oh, yeah. Bell. It's really been probably one of the most galvanizing things <laughs> that I've seen as an adult is finding out how many people were raised on Taco Bell. Truly. Taco Bell, I mean, really had some very memorable slogans and commercials throughout our childhood. Clearly, the marketing work wow what a theme tie in i didn't even plan that oh that's good marketing worked um because you know all of these millennials like us really just love taco bell and i don't think it's because we truly just love the taste of cat food and wet lettuce um (laughs) (laughs) no i'm not look no shade at taco bell i'm just saying if it wasn't for the marketing would we truly connect emotionally i don't know that's very real (laughs) so you know they're known for having many slogans throughout Mm -hmm. the years i'm sure many of which you know so this game is called the saurus the saurus taco bell it's kind of inspired (laughs) we had a game uh on a past episode where i did this with song lyrics Mm -hmm. but very simple i've just taken slogans and changed every word based on synonyms i found in the thesaurus so well, I'm just going to read it to you and you have to try to guess um, what the original slogan was. And okay. if you know the Taco Bell slogans, this should be very easy for you. Okay. Okay. Um, before we start, can I ask you, what's like your order? My Taco Bell order? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I used to get the Chalupa. Wow. Because I love that the, um, shell. The, the shell is wild. But Chalupas are fucking expensive. Really? I would order. I don't know if they used to be cheaper, but I'll order inflated. them at the drive-thru and I'll be like, it'll be like $8. I'm like, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about really cheap. Right. I remember when it was $2. Yeah. yeah so I, what do you get? Wow. Okay. So I, I have a strict no meat policy at Taco mm-hmm. Bell. Okay. So I get a Mexican pizza with okay. no beef and then okay. put beans in it. It's like a tostada with melted cheese. Ooh. and it's, it's really good. Or um, a Nacho Supreme, again, with no beef. <laughs> uh, or a bean burrito. Those are my three go-tos Ooh, i don't like beans i used oh, to that's, yeah that's no good i'm then. allergic to beef net well i was always but now i know it but i used to like just scarf down those taco supremes a little because you can Yo, get like three be like yes. three of those yeah and, chalupa, and i just like bom, 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 eat it oh man so that good. the beef is circus meat for sure there's <laughs> no doubt in my mind those those cows are dying <laughs> painfully uh without a doubt oh uh, so sad uh um, anyway <laughs> This is now a Taco Bell stand podcast. I'm sure that does exist. I'm sure um, it does too. Okay. You ready for Let's this? Let's hit it. Let's hit it. All right. So here's the first one. Exist further. Exist further? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. And one of the words has changed. No, all the words are changed with synonyms. Oh, They're okay. all Taco Bell slogans. Exist further? Live Moss. Yes! <laughs> there you go. Okay. You got yes, it. Yes. Okay. Okay. Wow. Consider exterior the bread. Think outside the box. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, this is scary because I haven't thought of these in years and they're just right there. Okay. <laughs> this one is kind of problematic, but it was a slogan. Okay. Cause one dash for the boundary. Cause one dash? Cause like C-A-U? Yeah. C-A-U-S-E. I didn't change for the. Okay. Cause one dash for the boundary. I don't know if you'll remember this slogan, but oh, think about a problematic slogan. Escape, escape something, the uh, the border. Yeah, make a run for the border. Make a run for the, the border. What was the Taco Bell slogan? Do you remember that? No. Wild. That is pretty, it's actually kind of relevant now. It might no, work. Now the other way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the other way. We, let's all get out, get the fuck out of America. Um, <laughs> oh, maybe it was a warning from Taco Bell. Oh my God, they're <laughs> Maybe prophets. they knew what was coming. Truly. Whoa, maybe they knew. <laughs> 
the rotation of Saturn. Wow. Was Did it? Oh my God. How old years. is Taco Bell? <laughs> Taco Bell's return of Saturn. Um, okay. Here's the final one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't even remember this Logan, but okay. ring, boom, tacos. I didn't change tacos. because There's <laughs> no synonym for tacos. <laughs> Ding dong. Yes. <laughs> Do you remember this one? No, I just kind of piece. Ding one dong. Tacos was a slogan. No, that sounds like a first draft for sure. <laughs> <laughs> ding dong taco. Yeah, we're a bell, so ding dong. Maybe they were competing with pizza delivery. I don't really know what, where they the were time. going with that. Probably at the time. Truly. Wow. Well, that's it. I that mean, there's really more, fun. but um, you you really aced it. You are a true fan. Thank you, and I'm slightly worried. To win, or your prize is you get to tell the followers where to the listeners where to follow you. Wow. <laughs> okay, this Perry has gotten straight to your Whoa. head. <laughs> She's messed up. Perrier. There's like a 24 pack of empty Perrier next <laughs> to <laughs> Teresa. Um uh yeah, so you can follow me uh on Instagram at neil n double e l dot gauche um and on Twitter Mr. Neil Gauche and yeah, you already know the spelling. And I'm actually starting a podcast. Hell yeah. Wow, inspired, way to burn inspired by you. Um <laughs> Uh, with my buddy Nick Scartarasi, um, called Foul Play. Okay. It's a uh, crime in sports podcast. Um, we talk about crimes, about athletes, done to athletes, cults that athletes have been in. <gasps> it's all pretty so cool. Pretty interesting. I think there are sports crime podcasts that already exist, but we have a little fun little twist but on it. But we're not going to mention those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget them. Um, but yeah, it, and if you're in L.A., just holler at me, man. Come to a show. <laughs> Let's make it happen. <laughs> Go to a show. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. This podcast can be found on Instagram at Tell Me Anything Pod. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Larissa T. And that's the end of this episode. Yay. Thank you. Bye.